Tennessee and Florida. Rivalry renewed just over 24 hours until it's football time in the swamp. Here's why Tennessee wins in the swamp for the first time in 20 years. It's your Volunteers and Gators preview right now on Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good Friday morning, everybody. Welcome into it. This is Lockdown Balls, your team every single day. That is the Tennessee Volunteers. Thank you so much for making us your first listen, your first watch, wherever you listen to your podcast. And, of course, on the YouTube channel, we are soaring. We are almost to, uh, what is it, uh, 9,000 subscribers? Yeah, just a couple hundred away. Thanks to you guys for being everydayers and making that happen. Uh, we've been talking about Tennessee all week long, looking back at the Austin P game. We've heard for some people about the Florida game coming up. And now it's time to really, you know, dive down into it. Florida game preview that happens today. I'll give you my prediction, my keys to victory. Boogie Bentley is going to be on the show here in just a couple minutes for uh, his uh, weekly hits. And it's going to be a good one. And this episode is brought to you in part by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can go ahead and post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, personnel-wise, looking at Florida, Graham Mertz is the quarterback. He's thrown for 73% of his passes so far this season, two touchdowns and an interception. Florida wants to run the football. It wants to run the football uh, with uh, Mart. I can't read my own writing. Montrell Johnson Jr. and Trevor Etienne. Both those running backs have 18 carries on the season. Um, Etienne has 109 yards and a touchdown. Johnson Jr. has 125 yards and two touchdowns. Both are averaging over six yards a pop. Not a whole lot at the wide receiver position for uh, Florida in, in this one. Ricky Pearsall is a name that you probably remember. He had a big game against Tennessee last year. Um, he's back. He's already has 14 receptions. 215 yards and a touchdown. He's averaging 15 yards per catch. A guy they want to work into the rotation, five-star freshman wide receiver, Eugene Wilson the third. He goes by Trey because he's the third. Um, six receptions, 60 yards so far, but he's a playmaker. And he lined up, took a direct snap at one point against McNeese, and he's a guy that Florida is going to want to work in the rotation for sure. And I uh, got to watch out for uh, in a game like this against Tennessee. You look at defense. Um they were not good defensively last year, and so many veteran productive players are, are gone. Ventro Miller, the NFL, Marty, Amari um, uh, Bernie, I believe was his name, gone to the NFL. Trey Dean, um, safety, Rashad Torrance, both those guys, four-year starters, three- or four-year starters, they're gone. Having to replace an awful lot. Uh, they got some help on the defensive front. Uh, you know, for the transfer portal, a guy this name that I cannot pronounce, and I apologize. I can't wait to hear the, the broadcast crew uh, from all sides try to pronounce his name as well. Uh, Princely Yumanelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelel
uh, chances to exploit that for sure if you're the if you're these Tennessee wide receivers and if you are Joe Milton. Uh, Billy Napier, second season, huge game for Billy Napier uh, because of, of your big rivals, LSU, Georgia, Florida State, and Tennessee. You know, just to, you know, this is the only home one, right? I, I, I don't believe you play FSU at home, but still FSU is going to just wipe the floor with Florida this year. FSU is really good. You're not winning Georgia. You're not winning LSU. <laughs> I mean, so I don't think you're winning this one either, but at least it's at home. This is probably the, probably the most winnable uh, game, rivalry game, if you will. And Billy Napier went 0 for 4 in rivalry games last year. Uh, when you look around the country and see what Deion Sanders is doing, what Josh Heupel did in year two last year, what some of these other coaches, you know, Brian Kelly last year in his first year, um, the patient, you can't really preach patience anymore, right? Um, because, you know, fan base are saying, well, look what you did, look what you did, look what you did. And, and I hear Billy Napier, but at the same time, it's like that clock's kind of ticking. This would be a huge win, the biggest win for Billy Napier so far in his tenure. Um, so you have that going for Billy Napier and the Florida fans. Uh, it's really, really um, you know big in that regard. Now, for Tennessee, we know how important this game is. Um, it's a swing game on the road, SEC, place yet in one in 20 years. Um, you know, it sets the scene for what's going to happen against South Carolina, AM. Uh, Alabama, Kentucky, Georgia, you want to win this game. And quite frankly, you're better. You are better this year against Florida. That is for sure. Um, Florida, again, second two straight losing seasons. If they lose, if they have another losing season this year, that'll be three straight losing seasons for the first time since 1950s. Uh, that is not great. New defensive coordinator, Austin Armstrong, 30 years old, coming over from Southern Miss. And, of course, the quarterback, Graham Mertz, is coming over from Wisconsin. Had a chance to do a behind the enemy lines uh, with uh, Nick Delatore of Gators Online, the on three sites uh, down there at Florida, and ask him five questions. Really good stuff. I encourage you to go read it. I tweeted it out, underscore Kaner, and it's over at VolQuest.com. Um, I asked him about Graham Mertz. Here's my question. I'll, I'll read you one of these, and you can go read the rest. I said, I know he's only played two games at Florida, but – you know, who is Graham Mertz? Historically, he struggled to complete passes at a high clip with turnovers. He's completing over 70% of his passes through two games. Is he improved? And this is what Nick Delatore responded. He said, I fell out of favor with Florida fans when I told them Graham Mertz was just fine. Mertz won the starting job at Florida, mostly due to his vet veteran experience, but more importantly because of his maturity. I say that in the sense that he knows who he is and the athlete and the player that he is. He's a game manager. Mertz is fine to hit the check down receiver. He'll throw the ball away and move on to the next play, something Anthony Richardson was hesitant to do. Mertz has a great grasp of Billy Napier's offense, but he isn't flashy. He's not immobile, but he's not a true run threat either. We haven't seen the turnover issues that plagued him at Wisconsin. His one interception this season went through Ricky Pearsall's hands and was tipped into the waiting arms of a Utah defensive back. His 70% completion percentage is a mirage, though. 21 of his 33 completions against Utah went for less than nine yards in the air. Last week, McNeese played three high safeties, so Florida ran the ball and threw underneath. He's a game manager, but Florida isn't asking him to be more than that. The issue at Florida... Uh, the issue that Florida will face is when the other teams get a lead and put Florida in a position where they have to ask Mertz to lead a comeback. I'm not sure the Gators are built for that right now, and that's where I want to. That's where I want to pick off from there. Um, the key for Tennessee, keys of the game: get off to a fast start, take the crowd out as much as you can, get up in the first quarter, get up in the in the uh, couple a couple of scores in the first half, and make Florida play from behind. 
because Florida wants to run the football. Florida's got two pretty good backs, but it was completely one-dimensional against Utah. Utah has the script. Utah has the blueprint on how to beat Florida. Jump out early. Florida has to abandon the run game, which is its best offense, and put the ball in Graham Mertz's hands. And, and if you do that, I don't think Florida can come back and is capable of coming back and winning football games like that. Whereas if Tennessee is down by a touchdown or 10 points or two touchdowns in the first half, you feel good that that offense can score in a hurry. Now, it needs to, but like it can score in a hurry. That's how this offense is designed. That's not Graham Mertz, and that's not Florida. So um, I couldn't agree more with Nick Delatore there and what he said. I'm not sure if the Gators are built for that right now when asking Mertz to lead a comeback. Get off to a quick start. Number one key, attack those inexperienced safeties. Number two key, defensively, force Mertz into bad decisions. At Wisconsin, his record and stats against Power 5 opponents in the Big Ten not great. He was a turnover machine. Force him into bad decisions and feast off those decisions. Um, great stuff there with Nick Delatore. I ask him four more questions. I encourage you to go read it at allquest.com. I'm gonna a lot of you guys ask me on the on the message board over there if I'm gonna continue to do this. Um, anytime we're playing an on three, oh, anytime we're playing a team that has an on three uh fan site, then I absolutely will if they're willing to do this. I mean, I, I know Nick and um, we've done some collaborative work before, so that was easy to set up. Anyway, this is a big one. We're going to hear from Boogie Bentley, get his thoughts on the game, predictions, all that and more. Getting you set for Tennessee and Florida, 7 o'clock Eastern time. It's going to be on ESPN. Tennessee is a 6.5-point favorite. The total is at 57.5, and, a half, and uh, God, it's going to be a good game. I can't wait for it. This is why you do it. Josh Heupel said earlier in the week, these types of, these are the type of games that make you want to come and coach and play at Tennessee and uh Make you want to cover, you know, Power 5 football. This is it right here. Boogie Bentley on the other side right here on Lockdown Vols. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. We are all trying to move up the ladder. We are all trying to make more money. We're all trying to reach our goals. Maybe your goal is to own and operate a small business, and you have that goal now. But you can't do it alone. You need somebody qualified and somebody you can trust, and you can find them at LinkedIn Jobs. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and ultimately hire. It is why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality versus quality hires versus its leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free. That's at LinkedIn.com slash college. LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, guys and gals, a couple more segments left here of this week's worth of Locked On Vols, segments two and three. It's going to be a Locked On Talking Vols crossover. Eric Kane, Boogie Bentley from the uh, Talking Vols Network. Boogie. It's Florida week, man. Tennessee plays Florida tomorrow. It's uh, time to get excited, right? Yeah, I know. The, the Early in the week, man, I feel like we were we were suffering from a hangover. We had to get over that Austin P game, but the more the week has kind of played out, it's go time, man. It's Gator Hater week. We got just, what, I don't know, 36 hours until this game kicks off? I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Actually, it's probably way more than that because you work hard. You're up at midnight uploading videos, doing the Lord's work. Yeah, so That's how that works, yeah. We're, yeah, yeah it, has <laughs> nothing, it has nothing to do with setting that timer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, look, it's go time, man. It's go time. It's the day before kickoff. I'm ready to rock and roll. Tennessee, uh, let's get fired up, man. Well, yesterday on the show, I did a, we did a crossover with some other Locked On hosts, and I, I gave my prediction. Uh, you know, I gave it a little bit more in uh, the, the Florida preview in segment one of this show, but – 
I mean, let's let's get, jump right to it, man. I'm picking Tennessee to win. I understand it was very uninspiring football offensively against Austin P. And we'll get into more of that as as you and I talk over the next 20 minutes or so. But I've had Tennessee all off season. I'm not changing my pick. I like Tennessee. Now there are going to be some things Tennessee's got to do, and, and, and you know, got to take Florida out of their game plan. Got to take the crowd out of it. I get all that. I'm taking Tennessee. I think it's a better roster right now. I think it's a better. I think you got better athletes. I think you got much better playmakers. Um, there's just too much that I like about Tennessee when in, in comparing to Florida. Even knowing the history, knowing you haven't won there in 20 years, I get all that. I'm picking Tennessee. I think it's going to be close because it always is. Even last year when Tennessee was beating the brakes off of them, it was still close in the end, 35, 28-ish, you know, somewhere around there. Where are you? What's your prediction? I would assume you have Tennessee as well. Yeah, the more the week is played out, the more it kind of, you know, you, you, look, we get emotional. I said this early in the week. We get emotional coming off of a game like Austin P. The sky is falling. Joe Milton's horrible. We got to put Nico in. We got to figure something out. Vegas doesn't get emotional, right? And, and they never changed. They stayed true to what they believed. They had Tennessee at what I think it was a touchdown favorite. Now it's down to like six and a half. They still like Tennessee to go on the road to the swamp, hostile environment, night game, and they still like Tennessee as a touchdown favorite. That tells me all I need to know. Tennessee's got better players. I think Tennessee has better coaching. You brought up a good point, though. It is on the road. It is 7 p.m. Look, Florida has lost, what, five, four of their last five? Ended the season last year with three losses to Vanderbilt? We're talking about you're losing to Vanderbilt, Florida State, Oregon State, and then they open up with the 24-11 to loss against Utah. They bounce back against McNeese State, and that's, that's something that kind of makes this tough for me to look at, it's Jekyll and Hyde here, right, with Florida. It's it's They played a, a, a good Utah team and were terrible at times, and then they played a horrible McNeese State and did what they were supposed to do. But I like Tennessee to go in, quiet down this crowd. I hope that the coaching staff comes out and gets Joe Milton comfortable earlier. Let's see the opposite of last week. Let's not try to throw it down the field early. Let's hit some of those quick throws to the outside. Let's get Jalen Wright going. Let's make Joe Milton comfortable. Let's, let's help Joe Milton along. You know, we talked about – whether he was inaccurate or, or did wide receivers drop balls, you guys got to help out Joe Milton. If he's struggling, yeah. you got to help him out. Go make football plays. I like what AP said in the VolQuest podcast earlier this week. The Gator fans are looking for a reason to pack up and leave that stadium early. Let's give them one. I like Tennessee in this game, but I think, like you said, it's going to be close. We're going to be nervous on Saturday night. And, and to be perfectly clear, again, this is a Friday show, and we've not mentioned it's about, about 20 times already this week. It was both. Joe Milton was inaccurate. Right. Joe Milton did not throw good footballs, uh, but also receivers are not helping out your quarterback. And even when he did throw good footballs, your receivers just dropped. I mean, it was it wasn't all Joe. Um, I think it was more receivers. I really do. But all together, passing game, you know, all in one, just got to get better. It, that's been the biggest disappointment so far through two games that I didn't see coming. Dante Thornton playing eight snaps or ten, whatever it was. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I I would have never guessed that in my life. But you're going to need Dante Thornton. You're going to need the Tennessee passing attack to win down in Florida. And so I agree with you. Make it easy on Joe. Build some confidence. Run the football, that type of stuff. Um, at some point, uh, you know, the time of this recording, I haven't done it yet. I hope to do kind of a behind enemy line situation with Gators Online, the vault, the uh, on three side down there with, with Nick Delatore. I want to know who Graham Mertz is. And for Florida, you've seen two games of him. So really, you don't have a good idea of who he is. But you know, Graham Mertz, Big Ten football, Wisconsin against Power Five opponents, just not good. Uh, you know, game against McNeese State doesn't count, but even against Utah, they were coming back, you know, throwing the ball through the air and everything. He's completing 73% of his passes so far this year. Doesn't look like he's been awful bad, but like, I want to know who Graham Mertz is. Can Tennessee make him uncomfortable? Can Tennessee force him into bad decisions? 
I'm ready to see this defense get after it. Yeah, that's where I'm at. And, you know, it's the it's the old saying. It was it reminds me of the former and Spurrier years. Whoever runs for the most yards is going to win the game. But that, that kind of feels how this is because I think both teams probably going to have the same game plan. Like I just said, make Joe Milton comfortable. I think Florida wants to make Graham Mertz comfortable. Don't, don't rely on him. On the flip side of that, Tennessee needs to stop the run and then pin their ears back and get after Graham Mertz. They're leading the country in sacks. They're leading the country in tackles for loss. If one thing has been true since Rodney Garner came back to Tennessee, it's that this defense is going to stop the run. So can you force Graham Mertz to try to beat you with his arm? And if so, pin your ears back, get after him. Florida gave up five sacks to Utah, right? Coming out of that game, I'm licking my chops saying, oh my goodness, Rodney Garner is going to have a field day. We've seen Tyler Barron coming on. We've seen this defensive line getting after the quarterback. We said all offseason, can they do it with four? They can do it with four. But there's always that little thing looming. Well, it was Virginia, Boogie. It was Austin P. Boogie. We don't know what we're getting. We're going into week three. We still don't really know what we are getting. But you talk about Graham Mertz. We don't know who he is with Florida, but he, we know what he was before. Turned the football over 10 times in 2022, 11 times in 2021. So I think if Tennessee, even if they don't get home, if they force Graham Mertz to have to go back there and beat you with his arm, I like the way that sets up for Tennessee. Look at Tennessee. Um, pick to click. Pick to click, not named Joe Milton. Who has to have a good game? Who has to be on it? Not named Joe Milton for Tennessee to, to feel good about their chances Saturday night. I'm going to say the first name that comes to mind is Kamal Haddon, but I'm going to say the secondary as a whole because something that I kind of, it's, it's battered ball syndrome, flashbacks to the Austin P game. You know, Austin P threw for what, 260, I think? I think they threw yeah. for around 260 yards. And a big chunk of that came when Slaughter fell down. I understand that. But when, when I look back at the game and what triggers me and what I think of other than Joe Milton and the wide receivers, is it seemed like they were running that quick stuff to the outside, a lot of bubble screens. And Tennessee's secondary, it looked like backyard football. It looked like they were just running circles and, and couldn't get guys to the ground. Uh, so I'm going to say this Tennessee secondary because if we're talking about it and we stop the run and then you get after Graham Mertz and he's going to go back there and throw the football, you better be able to cover and you better be looking back for the football because I know – Everybody in the media, people like me, we all say the same thing. Turn your head around. Look what happens when you do. You intercept the football. Kamal Haddon better be looking for the football on Saturday night in the swamp. But I'm going to say this Tennessee secondary as a whole better be clicking because I think the front seven is going to be just fine. I went in, the, uh, I went in on this on uh, Wednesday's Locked on Balls. Crap, I'm pulling up pro football focus, and that's 2022 Tennessee. That was a good year. Um but I went in on this when I did the Pro Football Focus segments on, on Wednesday's show. It's still pulling up 2022. I don't know why it's doing that. But Kamal Haddon, yes, horrible penalties, DPIs. Like, you can't do that, can't do that, can't do that. But, God, if you can just if you can just separate the two. He played good. Like He's, he's talented. He People get mad game. when I say he's a good corner. He's a good corner. Just clean up some little stuff. I think he can be really good. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree as well. He had, he had a good pro football focus grade, which, again, take it for what it is. But, you know, targeted, I, I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to pull it up right now because I've got it. I finally got it. He was targeted. Let's see here. Come on, Haddon, 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 Haddon. Here we go. He was targeted so far on the season. So on, this is on the season. He's been targeted 16 times, given up five receptions for 16 yards. I mean, that, that, that's not bad. Like, they're obviously making the point to go to him. It's the and penalties that stick out, right? And yeah. Two big ones. Two big ones that stick out right right, right off the top. Yeah. And, and so, it just kind of is what it is. So, I'm with you. Secondary's got to improve. Secondary's got to play well. Uh, Tennessee's got to play well in a number of areas. And, uh, you know, we'll see if it can do just that. Hey, we'll come back. We'll preview more of this Tennessee-Florida game. We will look at um, – 
you know, Tennessee and uh, Florida from a statistical perspective, all that and more. That's coming up next right here on Locked On Vols. But quickly, I want to tell us, I want to tell you guys about our friends, our proud sponsors, and that is FanDuel Sportsbook. It is America's number one sportsbook. You get ready for the NFL season. It's already started. But there's an incredible offer over at FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook. New customers can bet $5 and get $200. In bonus bets, that's guaranteed. Again, $5 and get 200 in bonus bets, guaranteed. Plus, all customers that bet $5 at FanDuel Sportsbook will get $100 off NFL Sunday tickets from YouTube and YouTube TV. That's not a bad deal whatsoever. And if you had that NFL Sunday ticket, man, that makes that Sunday a breeze when you're perusing those NFL slates. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props to more. Put some coin in your pocket. Have some fun doing it. If you are new to the sports gambling game, I encourage you do the props. Props are fun. You can get in there, win a couple, feel good about yourself, and then look at those totals and, of course, look at the spreads. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off the NFL season with an offer that you don't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. It is Tennessee. It is Florida. It's in the swamp, a place where Tennessee hadn't won in 20 years. Have we mentioned that this week? Um, looking for back-to-back -back wins since 03-04. Uh, looking to... Uh, just continue, uh, you know, it felt good last year. You'd be back in Neyland Stadium, beating your beating your rival. Can you do it again on the road, and can you really just shut up a, an opposing crowd and, and, and a rival crowd that, talk, you know, that Tennessee talks a lot of smack on social media, so does Florida. It, it's, it's you know, it's the pageantry of college football. All that, it starts this week. I'm so, so excited. Boogie Bentley, talking Vols. Man, Florida's going to try to run the football. You got two pretty good backs, but if you look at that Utah game, they were playing from behind. I get it. 13 yards rushing. I don't take anything they did against McNeese State to heart because it's McNeese State. But Florida's going to want to run the football, and they've got two talented backs. What a challenge for Tennessee's defense. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the numbers and you think, man, Florida, 170 yards per game on the ground, but you look what they did against Utah. It goes back to what I said in the first segment. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, like, what is the real story here? Do you look at the Utah game? Do you look at the McNeese State game? Uh, but they do have a couple of good backs. What are they averaging per game? Uh, let me get, let me, I got it, had it pulled up here just a second ago. Uh, let's see, ETN averaging 6.1 yards per carry. Johnson averaging 6.9 yards per carry. And, yeah, Jalen Wright's having a really good time running the football, too. But, again, what are we basing this on, Kane? Are we basing it on Virginia and Austin P? Is this what this football team's truly going to be? That's why when you go back to the offseason, all the conversations we had I said the season started third week against Florida in the swamp we're going to find out what this football team's made of and you know you talk about the streak right and, and we as fans we know man it's been a long time Casey Clawson like do, do, do people listening to this show right now do you guys even remember Casey Clawson you know some of these people I talk about the history of Tennessee football and their favorite players and they rattle off Butch Jones guys and I'm like have you ever heard of Al Wilson? And they just look at me like a deer in headlights. Like, it's been a long time since we won in the swamp. But I love Jacob Warren this week. He's like, we don't really think about that. They don't really care about that. All they're focused on is the task at hand. We can talk about the players-only meeting. We kind of joked about it off-air. That's something that we talk about, the media talks about, the fans talk about, the players. It's just another day in the life of a college football player. Hey, let's get our head on straight. Let's go down to the swamp. Let's yeah. kick somebody's ass. That's what we're playing to do. What I like about that, though, is Joe Milton taking that ownership, taking that leadership, because we, again, like we said in the first segment, we can blame Joe. We can blame uh, Ramel Keaton. We can blame Brew McCoy. We can blame everybody. Joe said, hey, I'll take it. Put it on me. I'm the leader of this football team. I have to be better. Let's go beat Florida in the swamp. So I like the mindset of this team, but we're going to find out what they are made of at 7 o'clock on Saturday night. 
you know, it's funny you were talking about, and Jacob Warren even mentioned as well, like maybe some of the younger guys don't even know about the history of this. And sure, you want to be educated on the history because it's important and everything, but like these players on this team are like, they don't give a crap because it doesn't matter, and it truly doesn't. I was making the joke on Trail Tidbits with Matt Ray earlier this week. It's like the same thing with with with, uh, with Prime right now, you know, Dion. It's like these, these kids who are being recruited right now, I'm telling you, they don't know who he is. Now they YouTube, they've heard the name, they YouTube him, NFL yep. Hall of Famer. Oh man, this guy's for real story, all this, and then they buy into it. And he's the flavor of the month, but like these kids don't know who he is either because he played so long ago. But just meaning, you know, really from one year to the next, it doesn't matter. It's all about who's in that locker room and what your game plan is, and that's kind of the way Tennessee should approach this week, and that's the way Tennessee is approaching this week. And that's why when we talk about recruiting, right? We talk about recruiting. It's it's important that Josh Heupel. His guys go and have success. Guys like Hendon Hooker, guys like Jalen Hyatt, those guys need to go off to the league and have success because then Josh Heupel can use that on the recruiting trail. Even like I was even talking about Peyton Manning this week. I'm like, do some of these kids, sure they know who Peyton Manning is, but do they know who he is because of the Manning cast? Or they do they know who he is because of his career at Tennessee, right? Yeah. And, and there's also, there's Tennessee guys. Who is a great Tennessee player and who is a great NFL player? There's a difference there too. But yeah, we care way more about the history than, than these kids do. They care about the here and the now and themselves, right? They're trying to make the best decision for themselves and their family. What do you think about Dion? Not to get sidetracked on Gator Hater Week. I've already been accused of being a Colorado Listen, fan. this is locked on vaults, Boogie. <laughs> All right. Trade this App State hat in for a Colorado hat. Let's go. We coming. We coming. I I think um, I would not enjoy covering that program. Seriously, I bet a lot of people on the outside are like, "Oh man, it'd be so great to be around that program." So excited. Like, no, to be nope. on the beat for that. No, if I was sitting in that press conference after a win like that, and Dion's like, you know, looking at me and saying, "Do you believe now? Do you believe now?" It's like it's not my freaking job to believe right. in what you're doing. Like it's your job people, to talk about it. That's yeah, it. People, people on the broadcast. It was a national uh, radio. Bro. I was on my way home from Virginia when that happened, and the the guy on the panel was like, "Oh, he's not talking to the reporter. He's talking to his team through the reporter." As a reporter, I don't give a shit. Don't talk to me like that. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. oh, um, I brought out the best on this Friday edition of Locked <laughs> We're getting off the rails here. I think. He has done everything he said he was going to do. It's been fun to watch. Um, I mean, I, I, like I'm not like rooting for him to fail. I, I, I love him as a player, and he, he's a great personality, and he's showing that he's a good coach. You know, get that staff that he's assembled is good. You know, Hunter, I, I'm intrigued to see where he is in five, six weeks. I don't think you can play at this stage in Power Five football. You, you can't go old school and and do what Dion did and play. You know, and impact the game on both sides like that. It's just. Not possible, in my opinion, but, you know, his son, Shadir Sanders, goodness gracious, man, he's a good quarterback. So, um, it's been fun. I'm intrigued to see what they'll be a, a year's end, but so far, everything he said he was going to do, he's done. So, yep. you know, pro props to him for sure. Sidebar there. Let's get back to Tennessee, Florida. It's Gator Hater Week, not Praise Colorado Week. Uh, Jalen Wright, man, I've been so pumped, been so intrigued with him, uh, been so impressed with him. I, he just looks different out there. Yeah, it's fun when we talk about it, right? When it's the story, the off year, uh, it's like it's like Jalen Wright. It's time for him to come on, and we kept saying breakout year. Well, a lot of people didn't. It's like that's he led the team in rushing last year, but the, no. this year has been something special. Just looking at his numbers, I mean, 
I don't care who you played. I don't care if it's if it's Virginia and Austin P. You're averaging nine point three yards per carry. Uh, it's been amazing. So much so that we're really not even talking about Jabari Small. He's averaging six point two. Uh, he's running hard. Jabari Small looks good too. And I get it. Everybody loves Dylan Sampson. So do I. But the 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 two headed monster is Jalen Wright and Jabari Small. And, and I think it's such a key factor. Again, just to go back and beat it into the ground. Tennessee's got to be able to run the football on Saturday night. I think that's how you make Joe comfortable. Run the football. Play good defense. Give him some easy throws. And then you're going to take your shot. You know Florida's going to creep down in the box. They're going to try to make Joe throw it. We need success in that vertical passing game that little stuff to the outside it might work against austin p i don't think it's going to work against you know teams like florida in the sec you got to be able to stretch the field and we've seen josh apple do that right it's it's the cool cute little thing to say oh we've been vanilla we've been basic we're not going to be that on saturday night so we'll see what this offense is made of i think the perimeter passing game the screen i was gonna say the screens and all that um I mean, Tennessee's done that, but, like, that can't be your only source right. of passing game. Yeah. Like, it's Huge be part of the offense. And I think yeah. it's good, man. It's, it's You spread them out wide, and you're, you're giving them more to, to look at and defend and cover. Uh, it's a good part of the offense. But then that's when you set them up and hit them down the field. you got to be yeah. able to do that. Look at Kentucky. Look at the Kentucky game in 2021. It's a perfect example. Um, something I'm concerned about a little bit, not necessarily for this game, but moving forward. Like, I love the linebacker room. I've talked so much about how I loved it. It's a depth. It looks good. You know, one injury can change some things. And now you now you have underclassmen, a sophomore who's starting now in Elijah Herring, true freshman Arian Carter, who are going to be forced to play legit snaps and to play a lot. Now, they were going to be in the rotation. They were going to help out a little bit. But now they got to shoulder the load. Um, any, any worry, you know, first road game, SEC play, Elijah Herring, like, it's t- time to step up. Arian Carter, you made the comment earlier, this week, and when I went back and watched it again, I, I couldn't agree more. Not his best game against Austin P. <laughs> Second game ever. Not right. his best game. Um, but I mean, essentially, those two guys got to grow up in a hurry. Is that a little concerning for you on defense? Yeah, there's a difference between getting some run and being the guy, right? Yeah. And that's what we're seeing. I think Elijah Herring's played good football through two games, but again, the competition steps up a little bit this week against Florida. But it, it is a concern, a concern because you know Brian Jean Marie they want to rotate probably four guys really. But we, we said it week one. And, and, you know, this, this defense looks the best when Keenan Peely was out there beside Aaron Beasley. Aaron Beasley just absolutely balling out. I mean, he is playing such good football. And, and when Keenan Peely was out there, man, I thought the defense looked really, really good again. Virginia, right? Virginia. But, yeah, I, I am concerned because Elijah Herring now, instead of coming in every few series, or if, you know, if he struggles, right? And then Brian Jean Marie's like, all right, let, let's, let's get Beasley out there, get Peely out there, and let's settle in and let's play some defense. Yeah. You don't have that option anymore. It's it's Arian Carter. It's Elijah Herring. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm concerned because I like the, the veteran leadership that you had out there uh, as your starters. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I like Elijah Herring. I do, too. I do, too. I think, um, you know, a guy that was pretty much just kind of a throw-in um, at the time in March or April whenever he committed, he was Tennessee's first commit for Josh Heupel. And it, the thought was always like, oh, well, we want his brother. We want his yep. brother. We want his brother. And then over the summer, they got him in there back when you could do this and get him a private workout. And they're like, oh, man, we really like this guy. And then as a freshman, we got a little bit of run. It's like, okay, this guy's a player. And now he's, he's a starter. I like him as well. Last thing, uh, get back to Tennessee, Florida. We debated this on the Rocky Top Roundtable on Wednesday earlier this week at VolQuest.com. And I think it's a really good question. What's more important this week, the mid-eight or the first eight? First eight. First there, eight. I, I agree. You it's, always you want to win the start. mid eight. And and Tennessee's been suspect on offense first two games, but they've won the mid eight, they, the middle eight. They've looked really, really good. 
This week, you want to win that, but I think it's so critical to win the first day, get out there, put the pressure on Florida, and get some confidence going offensively. Their fan base is in this unique spot, right? Because, again, they, they lost the last three games. Last year, they lose to Utah. If they lose to Tennessee on Saturday night, a lot of these fans are going to pack it in. They're going to be done with Billy Napier. On the flip side, they're foaming at the mouth. They want revenge for the game last year. They want some glimmer of hope. I've been comparing it to, like, the Butch Jones years, the Derek Dooley years, where the, the wheels, forget falling off, the wheels are eight miles down the track. They fell <laughs> off a long time ago, and I'm sitting here going, well, I mean, he needs just give him seven more years, and I promise Butch Jones is going to be the guy. That's where that's where they're at. You give them a little glimmer of hope in that first eight minutes of that ball game, the swamp is going to erupt. It's going to feel like it's the freaking mid two thousands, and Tennessee has no shot. We as fans, we as fans, Joe Milton goes out and throws a pick, or we, we fumble the opening kickoff. Something stupid. You come out a holding call, and it's first and twenty right out of the gate. Well, this ball game's over. It's over, and it, you're you're thirty seconds into the game, and you've given up. The 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 first. I'm not even going to say first eight minutes, the first five minutes, the first four minutes, the first two possessions. I, we kind of joked about it last night. Uh, well, whatever day this is being recorded and going up, <laughs> we, talk, we talked about it. We were kind of saying picture-perfect scenario. Florida receives. Tennessee gets a three and out. D. Williams house call. They're leaving. They're leaving. Seven nothing, and they're leaving the stadium. The, the start of this game is more important than anything. Did, did they disagree with you on that? No, it, it was fun. Like, Austin asked the question, and I, I think Brent and Rob – both said the mid eight, which again, you want to win that. Tennessee's it's been crucial. good at that. Yep. Austin said the first date, and I think I agreed, or I said the first date, and he agreed. Whatever. I think it was kind of two to two. Like both are super important, but I think first road game, hostile environment, especially the way you played offensively last week. I just think it's so important. Like the Virginia game, you received the opening kickoff, you marched down the field, you scored. Or did, did they receive the opening kickoff? I can't remember. You scored on your first offensive possession, but then it was crickets for like four or five series and and so it was really not a very good first half then you score twice right before the half that's that mid eight so again I just think that um, you got to take the crowd out you got to have some confidence early and so that's why I say the first day they did it they did it against Austin P too right it was six to six and they go down and score right before the half they come out and receive the the, and they go down and score again and and the game was over which Mm -hmm. I I don't think a lot of us were really thinking are we really going to lose this game uh, but no. the mid-eight, and Heupel's been so good at it throughout his time at Tennessee, I think a lot of that's his offense, right? You know, another team scores, they leave you they leave you a minute and a half. Josh Heupel's offense can go score, and that happened sets at you Florida, up. Happened yeah. against Florida last year, the Ramel Keaton catch. Huge. The third and ten, that was my favorite play of the game, third and ten at your own 14, and, and Hooker gets blitz up the middle, and he evades pressure and hits Fant right at the markers. Then you got Ramel Keaton down the field, and then a couple of plays later, you got the one-yard drag, you hit Brew McCoy, seven seconds on the clock. Tennessee scores then, Tennessee scores out of the break, off to the races. And that seems like when you look back at that season, when you look at how special that year was, how fun it was to cover, that seemed kind of like the launching point. That drive right before the half against Florida, that's why tomorrow night in the Swamp, most crucial game of this season for me. Boogie, it's been fun, man. It's been fun breaking down and previewing this uh, this matchup all week long. Uh, it's it's Friday, so uh, tell us kind of your weekly rundown. Do you do anything tonight? Uh, I know you'll probably have a pregame tailgate show, all that on the uh, Talking Vols Network uh, leading up to Florida, right? And postgame show as well. Yeah, we could have a big one. We could have a big one, a special uh, a Florida fan out there in the in the public eye. 
that loves him from Tennessee for some reason. We're having conversations with him. He's going to try to jump on the tailgate show and have some fun with us. If not, it'll be the same old song and dance. You guys get an opportunity to come on the show. That's what we do on those tailgate shows. Then we'll be live immediately after the game within a matter of minutes. So whether you're full of piss and vinegar and need somebody to vent with or you want to celebrate with your boys, come hang out. Talking Balls Network on YouTube. It's going to be a good time. Boogie Bentley, he is the voice of the common Tennessee fan at Boogie Bentley on Twitter. Appreciate it as always, brother. Thanks, man. All right, guys. So let's uh, let's go time, right? We've reached the end of the week. We've had a great time kind of previewing, talking everything Tennessee, Austin P, Tennessee, Florida. And now it's time to go play. We'll see what happens. I will have a quick, immediate reaction uh, YouTube short. I'll put it out there on social media right after the game. I'm going to tell you right now, I will not have a postcast because I'll be getting all the work done, leaving leaving the, the swamp at like, you know, 1, 2 a.m., driving two hours to a, to an airport hotel and then getting on a plane. It's going to – away trips suck in that regard. But uh, we'll be back Monday, stronger than ever, and we'll have every single angle of this football game covered. We'll hear from you, uh, Twitter Tuesday, all that and more. Plus, um, we'll see what happens. As Boogie just said, last year, as, as great as that season was, it was a launch pad that went over Florida, the launch pad for what's to come. Couldn't agree more. Can this season follow suit? We will find out on the road, 7 o'clock, it's going to be on ESPN, Tennessee, and Florida. And I appreciate you guys for tuning in this week. Follow me at underscore Kaner for live updates throughout the game and all my thoughts over the weekend. This is Locked on Balls.